Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Grinding True Crime with your host, for this episode anyway, Todd Fox, along with Daddy Matt and Big Renee and Gabby Gab. There you go, Gabby Gab in the house. So, with that being said, we're just going to let you know where you can get a hold of us real quick at Grinding True Crimes on Facebook. And uh, you can look us up on Podbean, Spotify, and even iHeartRadio. So with that being said, we have a special storyteller today. That would be the big Maddie Matt. Let's see what he's got today. Well, I can't compare it to you, Tom, but guess what? I'm going to do my best, man. <laughs> okay. So today we got an interesting story about a person that might be known to quite a few people, but probably don't know that they know him. If that makes sense. I'm with you so far. <laughs> well, this is about an actor. Okay. Uh, a low-budget actor, but nonetheless, he was famous for a particular scene. But he wasn't a, a big-time actor. But enough of that. We're going to get a little story about this gentleman, Mr. Lloyd Avery Jr. Hmm. So we're going to talk about this gentleman. He was uh, an actor in the early 90s and the early, uh, oh, mid 90s and early 2000s. So let me ask you, if I was to ask you guys, have you heard of Lloyd Avery, the actor, what would you say? Um, I'm drawing a blank as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> you got a, you got a, you got a uh, scene for him, Renee? You know who that is? Hmm? You got a scene? No. No. No, he has no. not. Neither did I until I saw this report. But if I tell you the scene he was in, especially you, Todd, I know you will be like, oh, that guy. But we'll get into that. Let's get a little uh, background on him. So Mr. Avery was born on June 21st, 1969, here in Los Angeles, California. And along with his little brother, who's also a small, small budget actor named uh, Che Avery. Yeah, June 21st. June 21st. That's your birthday. That's my birthday, so. <laughs> oh, snap. How ironic. <laughs> But him and his brother uh, appeared in uh, films in the 90s. Uh, they both were raised in the middle class area of Hyde Park. They were with both of their parents in their life, the mother and father. His dad was a handyman, well-known handyman, and they had a pretty good living. They lived in a, like I said, a middle class area. They had a nice house, had a strong upbringing, something that you wouldn't think would turn for the worst for these people. Uh, they were raised in a Christian background, so they had it made. Um, in his life, he started off pretty good. He attended Beverly Hills High School. Whoa, and whoa, whoa. there, yeah. Beverly, <laughs> Beverly Hills with, with uh, he Fresh Prince? Yes, sir. So you already know he's got some, he's got some nice little bread. How can this guy go wrong? We'll get into that, sir. All right. <laughs> It already makes no sense. It already makes no sense. Now, exactly. Now, this this gentleman befriended a particular person who we all know who it is. This uh, this entertainer had a son that went to the same school, and this was the son of Quincy Jones. Oh, okay. So, Quincy Jones' son, I forgot his name, but him and Avery were good friends, really good friends. And they went to school together. They, they had a good reputation. And in 1987, Lloyd graduated 
and he had picked up a small few jobs here at Domino's, Pizza Hut, and whatnot. But pizza guy. hey, man, <laughs> I know, right? From the other story, there was a pizza guy, right? So, but that wasn't his. That's not his idea in life. You know what he wanted to do? What's that? He wanted to be an actor. So, in 1991, he finally got that opportunity to appear in a film. Can you guess what film that was? Now, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you guys a hint. It's a hood film. Boys in the Hood? You, you, hey, you nailed it. Oh, man. <laughs> First try. I ran with hood. <laughs> That's right. He appeared in the film Boys in the Hood, directed by Chris Singleton. Okay. Now, he had a particular role in this movie. He wasn't the main character. But if I tell you the scene that he was in, you will finally say, okay, I know who you're talking about. So, as I mentioned earlier in the show, he had a, I, he was very, the role he played was very iconic, especially in cinema. It's, it's a very iconic role that will be played in your head from the time you've seen it till now. So, for those who've seen this, the movie, uh, Gabby, have you seen the movie? remember probably not renee have you seen the movie boys in the hood yes they have. yeah i, see yeah. I, I know you have Todd. Mm -hmm. so for those who've seen it i got one word to say Ricky! <laughs> <laughs> okay okay do you remember this part where ricky was running through the alley yeah he was gonna get shot he was gonna get shot do you remember who shot him uh the was the blood uh, the, the big guy, right? There was the blood in the car. That yeah. was Lloyd Avery with the double barrel shotgun. Oh, snap. Okay. So he was the one who shot Ricky running through the alley. So for those who don't know now, that is Mr. Lloyd Avery. Okay. Renee just pulled it up. I seen it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's Lloyd Avery. Now, he appeared in many other films such as uh, Juice with Tupac. Okay. Um, he appeared in the uh, film Shot. Most of the films he appeared in were gangster films. He also appeared in Don't Be a Menace While Drinking Your Juice in South Central. He did? <laughs> oh, I freaking yeah. love that movie. That's the one of the craziest side of he appeared in those movies. He always had small roles. But if you notice something, in every movie he appeared in, he played the role of a gangster. Yeah. Now, now this gentleman who grew up a nice boy in a Christian neighborhood, Christian family, always played the role of a gangster eventually you become the role you play correct that is true well it also is true for mr lloyd avery uh-oh eventually he starts portraying the role of his film in real life he liked it he loved it he loved it and he became a true gangster to the point where his family started to see a, a pattern of behavior and changes in where he got into arguments with his father, his brother, his mom, to eventually he moved out of the nice neighborhood of High Park and moved to an area where is known as the jungles in 1993. The jungles is in South Central LA and it is near it's in Crenshaw. It's in Crenshaw. But right there is all bloods. 
It's called the jungles for a reason. No way not. Do you know why, Todd? Um, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> well, let's just say it's really bad over there. And it's one of those neighborhoods that you have to know someone to enter in order to get out. Jeez. Yeah. So he moved over there with his longtime friend, Quincy Jones' son. They moved in. He moved in with them to be a roommate with him because he couldn't live with his parents no more. They didn't love his lifestyle anymore. So he decided to move in with his friend. And eventually, Mr. Avery enjoyed that movie film so much that he he wanted to be who he's been acting. And he got involved with the gangs in that neighborhood. Okay. Now, now, Todd, at this time, he is 26 years old. Who would you be hanging out with at the age of 26? Uh, anyone that could teach me life lessons, because that's like the crucial part, part of your life. That's just me speaking. I'd probably mm -hmm. have like a kid or two at that point, like I did. And I would kind of be shying away from um, high school hijinks and stuff like that. That's just me. I okay. You're looking to settle down at that point in life, so you want to take things seriously now and stop fooling around. Exactly. What about you, Renee? At, at 26 ball. years old, who are you hanging out with? I'll be playing ball like most some most of my high school buddies just playing ball. Hey, you know what? I agree. At 26 years old, I'm I'm pretty much hanging out with people around my age, my peers. You know, trying to better my life and you know I move on and probably trying to find a job or something. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, something, a career. Mm -hmm. Not Mr. Lloyd. Not Mr. Lloyd. You know who he starts hanging out with? Who's that? The local teenagers in the neighborhood. Oh. The local gang members. The teenagers. I guess he's, he's not mentoring them. No, sir. He's <laughs> going on missions with them. Oh, jeez. He's that going on missions. <laughs> and in these missions, it, all these missions goes from robbery attempted murder, shootouts, fights, all the above. All the things that, we, you know, as teenagers you do, he's doing it now at the age of 26. Now, mind you, he didn't grow up a gang member. He just acted in the role of gang Well, question. The jungle yes, area, is, is it surrounded by a lot of crips? That's absolutely surrounded by a lot of bloods. Really? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and actuality, that's uh that's pure, that's mainly blood that's only bloods over there and so this gentleman he even gone to the point where he tattooed the jungle's blood on his eyebrows so he was really he really wanted to prove how gangster he was in real life keep in mind he's still doing acting roles wow Yes. In 1996, he filmed the Don't Be a Menace While Drinking Your Juice in South Central. I know. Crazy title, right? <laughs> during that show, during that film, him and the director started bumping heads. Okay. They started clashing. And shortly after another film that he, he was part of, during the movie premiere, after the, the premiere was over, he yelled out in front of everyone, including the director, you know what? That ish was whack. Wow. <laughs> everyone didn't really take kindly to that. The, I don't the think they would. The directors in it, 
So eventually his role in acting kind of took a little stalemate. So he started going back in the hood, committing more crimes. And one crime in particular is what really set him off to a path where he did not return. In 1999, this was March 1999, off Hillcrest Avenue, he got involved in a shootout with rival gangs. Mm. No victims were mentioned in this. However, his behavior was getting worse. A month after that, he got into an altercation at an Islamic member's church where he threw a meter at someone and hit him in the head. And also a shootout again occurred at the Islamic Muslim Center. Now, Todd, Renee, and Gabby, I know we're all religious. Would you ever get involved in a fight, let alone a shootout, in a place of worship? I, I would tend to stray away from that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think God's going to bless you with an uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> nope. There's enough you run into a little argument with somebody there, like much less going to something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, now, bullets and Bibles don't exactly get along. <laughs> <laughs> Nor does a meter. I don't know what kind of meter he grabbed, but for him to grab a meter, he must have been very possessed. <laughs> wow, right? If he pulled one out of the ground or something. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not all that happened. A couple of months later after that. Now, this was this happened in April, July, 1999, the same year. At a Santa Barbara Plaza, he confronted a woman whose name is Barbara Lewis. An argument occurred between Miss Lewis, Mr. Lloyd Avery, and a second person, uh, another man unidentified, and shots were fired. Mr. Avery shot Barbara Lewis five times, once shooting her in the back, so it tells me that she was trying to run away, and she died there. She, he also shot the other gentleman that was with her. He shot, her two shot him two times, once in the abdomen and once in the shoulder. Jeez. Both were pronounced dead. Oh, double homicide. Double homicide. He flees the scene. Now, this was in 1999. Multiple years later, this is 2002, he's back on the acting scene. And nobody knows what he's Nobody done. knows what he's done. His brother has an idea, but he doesn't tell anybody. He's hiding it very well. So he's back on the movie scene. In 2002, he films the movie Shot. I've never heard of it. Todd, have you heard of it? Nope. Renee? Nope. Yep. I looked it up, and it's also a gangster film. So he really loves that life of the gangster role. Yeah. But now word, is, word on the street is they know Mr. Lloyd is a killer. The streets is talking. They're looking for him. The police are looking for him. He's on the run. He finally comes back home to his brother. He confesses to his younger brother, Che, and tells him, hey, man, I am a wanted guy. I'm about that life. And basically, don't look for me anymore. He didn't tell him exactly everything he did, but his brother can find out, based off of what he's saying, that this guy is in trouble. Well, the law was looking for him. He led the police in a high-speed pursuit 
where he eventually crashed his car and was arrested. He was eventually trialed after two years later and convicted for both double homicide for the death of Barbara Lewis and the gentleman that was uh, with her at the time. Now, you would think the story would end there, correct? That's what I was hinting to. I was like, wow, that's a short story. I know, me too. Nope. Because what do they say about karma? Comes back to get you? It comes back to get you. Karma comes around. Now, at this time, this is 2005, after the trial that has happened, Mr. Lloyd is put in jail. But something happened to Mr. Lloyd. What do you think happened? What do you think, Renee? What do you think, Renee? I'm cheating. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's cheating. He's looking at the story. Don't be looking, Renee. <laughs> uh, I think prison justice, maybe. Okay, prison justice. And, and, and what sense do you think? Maybe a relative or someone or a, a gang member. Okay. What do you think, Gus? Um, if this is now where the story ends, I'm going to guess he got out somehow. You think he got out? Yeah. Renee, what do you think since you looked it up? He <laughs> <laughs> probably got jumped in jail. He <laughs> <laughs> probably got jumped in jail. Julie, he turned his life around. Huh? He started becoming a minister. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Well, keep in mind, he did grow up in a Christian household as a young kid. So he started to change his ways. He turned his life around, started to be uh, a mentor in the jail cell to some of the inmates. He became, uh, I believe he became a, a minister, actually. And he completely changed his life around. Now, he is serving life by this time. But... He bumped into someone who would forever change his life. Uh -oh. Do you think, do you know what happened to his new cellmate? Richard Simmons? No. <laughs> <laughs> he just now got a cellmate by the name of Kevin Roby. Kevin Brody? Kevin Roby. Now, Kevin Roby was nothing compared to Mr. Floyd. Mr. Lloyd, I'm sorry. Now, Lloyd at this time is a Christian. Uh, uh, he's a minister now. He's changed his life. He's, he's a man of God. He wants to change, re, redo the wrongs he did, and he's changed. Okay. His cellmate, on the other hand, who do you think he is? He's probably the, the epitome of evil of some sort. Okay. What do you think, babe? Another gangster, and I'm going to go with an opposite gang. An opposite rival. gang member? A rival gang? What do you think, Renee? Who do you think his, self, who do you think as, his cellmate is? As far as the totally opposite of himself? You know what? Renee nailed it right on the coffin. You got it right, Renee. He was the total opposite of who he was now. Kevin Roby is a Satanist. Oh. Yes. And he was a paranoid schizophrenic, and he worshipped Satan. And he was convicted of murdering his own sister and raping and cutting open his girlfriend to make a sacrifice to Satan. So he's just an all around good guy. So this guy is an all around good guy. <laughs> and he is the one you just don't want to be in the cell with. So oh, man. 
the idea of having someone who can change someone's life around. He's a mentor now. Mr. Lloyd Avery is a minister. He's mentoring a lot of the inmates. You know, he, he's influenced quite a few people, young ones as well. You would think, well, maybe he can touch the heart of Mr. Kevin Roby, right? Maybe. Maybe. You would think so, right? Yeah. I'm going to say the Roby guy touched his heart instead. Uh, <laughs> you got it on the coffin. Mr. Roby apparently did touch his heart and touched other things as well. Whoa. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, not not like that. Not like that. <laughs> That's the way you made it sound. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you know what? I did. So apparently Mr. Avery tried his best to try to convert uh, Kevin to become a Christian and leave that life of Satanist and hey, hey, come to the light. He's tried several times and Mr. Roby warned him. He said, hey, stop preaching to me. I don't want what you want to offer me. Leave me alone. We've experienced that, correct? Oh yeah. yeah. Now, and in that situation, guys, I want to get your opinion. Now, if you've been trying to teach someone something, well, no matter what it is, or tell them something, after so, ha, after how many tries do you say, okay, you know what, I'm gonna leave you alone? Well, if it's for me, if it's a family member, you kind of you can kind of pick and choose your times. If it's a normal person, maybe like one or two times, or if they get irritated, just let them go. Yeah. Like, okay. Once they're they're once you kind of feel that they don't want it, then just leave them alone. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Me, I think it would be like depending on their response at the time of me trying to preach to them. Like if they're not being rude or anything, then I would have an opening for another time. But if they are like bluntly and like clearly telling you no, then yeah, don't bother. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with all three of you guys 100%. I just wish Mr. Floyd Avery had took that lesson to heart. He didn't. He didn't listen. He kept preaching because he felt I can get to him. I know I can. I've been there, done that. Trust me, I can get to him. Well, on September 4th, 2005, 36-year-old Avery was hit over the head and strangled to death by his cellmate, who, who used his body as a sacrificial ritual. It, it took two days for the correctional officers to find his mutilated body in the cell laying on top of a pentagram that Roby had drawn for his ritual. For his murder, Mr. Roby would, would receive an additional life sentence to go along with his other life sentence that he had already had served for the mutilation and killing of his sister and girlfriend at the time. Why didn't he just get the death penalty, man? I mean, what's another life sentence to him? <laughs> I agree. You know what? I, I agree with you 100% on that one. I mean, what's the point of throwing another life sentence to another life sentence already? Yeah, just send them to do away with them. Or yeah, just kill them. Wow. Yep. So Mr. Lloyd Avery, who lived a good life and chose to be the life of a gangster, ended up getting the same treatment that he received in jail after he changed his life around. Jeez. He should have listened to his parents. Yeah, he should have listened. He should have listened to his parents. He should have hung out so. with Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff. This one that happened. 
Well, Quincy oh, Jones' son didn't Uncle help Phil. him out either. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't listen to Uncle Phil, man. <laughs> oh, that Wait, sucks. He was already making money in acting. Why yeah. throw that away to end up dead like that? Yep, that was the, and that is the story of Mr. Lloyd Avery II. That definitely his had family, a twist. His, yeah, definitely had a twist. His family is still trying to, uh, you know, fight for that case. But, it, I mean, it's nothing they can really do. But, you know, that's the story. Had it coming. Do you think, now, now let me ask you a question. Do you think that's karma for you? Because he did change his life around. He did change his ways. They're all saying now there's also reports that he may have convicted Mr. Avery. He may have convicted multiple murders that happened in that early 2009, uh, late 90s era that they couldn't pin him on, but they have suspicions that he was a part of. Mm. So let's just say he did have multiple murders besides the double homicide that they actually caught him on. He changed his life around. He's he's a new man. He's, he's asked for forgiveness. Do you think he deserves, do you think that was karma for what he's done? Or do you think he just un found an unlucky cellmate? You know, you can go either way with that because if he is guilty, even just for those two, and then you add whatever other ones he's either around, assumed with, or he committed as well, I don't know, just a few years in, changing your life around is enough to uh, throw away or justify or change your life or clean your slate, basically. So, I mean, maybe his, maybe the karma was him being so zealous and so upfront <laughs> that got him killed. You know, had he just been like, okay, well, he's not taking the message. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'd still be alive. I mean, I don't know. You think yeah. so, Renee? Yeah, I mean, if he would have just just left that guy alone, I think he might have been still alive, probably still in jail. But I mean, at least he has his life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Kevin? I think uh, I agree with Todd. It takes a long time for a person. Like, obviously, even though he grew up Christian and he was raised in a good home, it wasn't in his heart because otherwise he wouldn't have led the life that he did. And he was being successful, but he just wanted that bad life so bad that he ended up not caring about other people's lives. I think in the end, for me, it is more karma. I don't think you could change that fast. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, you he didn't have to be in this predicament. He didn't have to choose this life. He had a great home. He had both parents. Not That's not really something you find, especially in a neighborhood uh, in the 90s, both parents in your life. So he was fortunate to have both parents in his life. And even with them in his life, influencing them, he still rebelliously left them, didn't want to listen, went to that life and decided to live a life that he wasn't, a, naturally that wasn't him. And I don't know about you guys, but Todd, Renee, Gabby, when you did your mischief, how old were you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I would, I'd have to say between the ages of 16 and 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I started getting involved in the gangs, I was 16. And I stopped when I was like 20, 21. Mm -hmm. This guy is like 
pushing, he's 26 years old and decides to hang out with teenagers and join a gang. You're, you're past your ways already. He never grew up. I mean, I think it's all based on immaturity, to be honest, mm -hmm. because he already had a job. He was already doing okay for himself. And the idea of the gangster life was cool to him. He wanted the attention. He wanted the show. But it's just all immaturity. He didn't think ahead on his life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. Especially coming from a good family. I mean, what do you really have to mess you up in the head? Nothing. Yeah. It's all stupidity. Yeah. What a waste. I totally agree. What a waste. You know, and a sad, yeah. sad ending to sad story. I noticed all our stories never end in a happy note. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> None. None. Yeah. The title of the show. It doesn't matter who's narrating it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We always look for that, like, we could try to, like, get a little glimmer of hope, but usually we can't find one. Nope. I think the only positive in the crime stories is pretty much like when there is justice served. Yeah. But even with that, I mean, the sadness for all the people that lose their lives and or those that it affects, I mean, you can't be happy. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. Man. Well, that's a good that one. That is the story of Mr. Lloyd. That's the story of Mr. Lloyd Avery II, the man known as the shooter who killed Ricky. <laughs> well see when you were mad in the movie theaters or when it would when they'd show the replay or see it on showtime or whatever you get mad at the dude that got you know shot him now you're like all right well he got his in real life i guess boy i know and then you know what and, and then in the movie he got killed and then in real life he gets killed so yeah because didn't didn't uh ice cube sneak up ice on cube. him doughboy doughboy snuck up on him with the ak-47 and yep. shot him all, all up yeah, because they were just eating burgers in a parking lot or something, See, you right? know what yeah, you're talking about, Todd. See, you know what you're talking about, Todd. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's why you my wigger. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is the show. For, that, that is my story for today. First time narrating. I hope I did a good job. Good job. Good job. Good. Appreciate man. it. Appreciate it. Thank you. So you want to yeah. let them know where they can find us? Yes, we did do that in the beginning. <laughs> kind of did. Oh, we did? Yeah, we'll, oh, we'll okay, just repeat it before we get out of here. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So, yeah, you can find us on our, um, on our, web, uh, on our website, uh, www.thegrindpodcast.com. Uh, Look us up on the Grindy True Crimes on our Facebook and Instagram page. You can also find us on uh, um, iHeartRadio and all your, your podcast streams. Just look us up under the Grinding True Crime Podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, for Todd Fox and the narrator, Maddie, Matt, <laughs> and and Big Renee, and Gabby Gab, Gabby Gabs. All right, everybody, have a nice one, and hope you enjoy. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Bye.